Hebrews, uh, talking about living by faith. And we've kind of been taking like one verse at a time here recently, but we're going to uh, move right along tonight and, and finish to the end of the uh, chapter. And uh, then this will be also the last study for living by faith. And then we'll be next week in our meetings. And the following week, well, you just have to come and find out uh, what we're going to be looking at in the weeks ahead. But we're, tonight we're talking about the victory of faith. The victory of faith. And uh, what a relief it is to be to the busy, burdened life to know that there is real victory to be claimed by the life that puts their faith, their trust, and follows the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John 5, 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here in Hebrews 11, I think we've been taught that living through faith will result in a multitude of spiritual fruit, sacrifice, fulfillment of purpose, protection, obedience, strengthening, uh, endurance of trials, moving forward, seeing our lives clearly through uh, a vision, uh, a refusal to sin, a continuance in the faith, and it's through faith that we gain our salvation. So all these things have been a wonderful study here in Hebrews chapter 11. And as we conclude this tremendous chapter, the Holy Spirit brings the life of faith to its natural conclusion by summing up the lives of many others that are not really named here. Some of them are named, but many others who live through faith. And that conclusion is simply this that those who choose to live through faith win. They have the victory. Uh, not only do they win, they always win. We could say that uh, faith does not isolate us from the pain, the trials, and cares of life, but it does insulate us. It insulates us. It doesn't isolate us. We still have those pain, those trials, and cares of life, but we're insulated by faith. Uh, an illustration of this would be, of course, God has given animals natural adaptions for different climates of the world, and these adaptions do not isolate them from the cold or the heat or the dampness of their climates, but the adaptations insulate them through allowing the harmful effects of extreme climates to overcome and destroy them. You wonder, how in the world do they exist well, God created him in such a way to insulate them. And God has given us that same insulation, in a sense, by faith. So in, it's, the faith to, it's faith to Christian and living with full assurance and obedience and trust in God, his word and his spirit, despite all the circumstances and all the consequences that we really don't isolate us from those harmful situations. But uh, we are insulated from them, in a sense. Uh, in fact, 
sometimes it leads us toward them. I like Joseph and Moses and Paul and others. But faith also teaches us to trust God through these circumstances and these situations. Uh, trusting God is always going to be enough. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. You know, over what situations will God help me to gain victory in my life? How will faith change my perspective of living and decision-making? Well, here at the conclusion of Hebrews 11, we are brought to three really incredible and absolute victories that will be won when we choose to live by faith in Christ. The first one is victory under Satan's crippling devices. Victory under Satan's crippling devices. If we look at verse 33, we notice there it says, Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of the fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. The power of God is seen here in giving victory over the enemies of faith in order to reveal his power and wisdom, power to subdue kingdoms, work righteousness, obtain promises, Stop mouths of lions, quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword, out of weakness become strong, waxing valiant in fight, turning to flight the armies, receiving the dead raised to life again. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And while Satan is employing many devices and in order to destroy us, God is empowering us through faith to overcome his crippling devices. In 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith. So God has two very important experiences for those who gain victory over the circumstances of life. First of all, there's experience of God's supernatural power. We trust God through faith, and we're often delivered through the power of God, and the power is far beyond our understanding sometimes really don't understand the power of God uh, that we have. But his power must be the foundation of our faith. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 5, that your faith should, stand in the, should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We can illustrate this with Israel 
On their way to the promised land, God delivered them from their enemies. And one particular city, the city of Gibeon, made peace with the Israelites. Uh, many of the surrounding kings heard of the truce and moved against Gibeon. And this city called unto Joshua for help. And Joshua left Gilgal to defend the people of the city of Gibeon. And God provided a vic great victory, and the kings and their armies fled from them. And des desiring to complete the victory, remember what Joshua did. For the day, uh, he cried out for the day to continue on, to last. In Joshua 10, 13, And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven, and hasted not to go down about a whole day. You mean God can do that? Now we, we would say, you know, boy, I wish this day would last a little bit longer. Well, in this case, uh, Joshua was crying out for the victory here. And God can do that, and those who experience the victories of God in their life really do experience God's supernatural power. Uh, some time ago, there was a, uh, an illustration, I guess we could call it, written, entitled, Whose Hands? And I've changed some of the names because you might not recognize the original names, but uh, it makes a point. Now, one name, the first name you should recognize. But a basketball in my hands would be worth about 15 to $20. But a basketball in Michael Jordan's hands was worth about $33 million. See, it depends on whose hands it's in. Uh, there's a more recent example here of a baseball player. Because a baseball in my hands is worth about $6. But a baseball in Shohai Hutani, who's the latest great guy from Japan who's really... He hits and he pitches both. And the baseball in his hand is worth about $5.5 .5 It depends on whose hands it's in. Uh, a tennis racket is useless in my hands, that's for sure. But a tennis racket in Roger Federer's hands in, in a Wilmington, Wilmington championship is worth millions. It depends on whose hands it's in. We could even say a rod in my hands will keep away maybe a wild animal, but a rod in Moses' hands parted the Red Sea. Depends on whose hands it's in. A slingshot in my hands is just a kid's toy. A slingshot in David's hands is a mighty weapon. Depends on whose hands it's in. You know, two fish and five loaves of bread in my hands, well, that's a couple of fish sandwiches. But two fish and five loaves in the bread of God's hands feed thousands of people. Depends on whose hands it's in. Now, nails in my hand might produce a birdhouse. Probably wouldn't look quite this good. But nails in Jesus' hands produce salvation for the entire world. It depends on whose hands it is in. So you see how it depends upon whose hands it's in. 
So we need to put our concerns, our worries, our fears, our hopes, our dreams, your family, your relationship in God's hands because it depends on whose hands it's in. Secondly, experience we can experience God's substantial provision. It was missionary Hudson Taylor who made this famous quote, God's work done God's way will never lack God's supply. Is that true? You mean if we live the way God said to live and do what he tells us to do, we're going to have his provision? I believe that's certainly true. Well, if you don't believe that, let's ask our heroes here in Hebrews chapter 11. Powerful than him, could he win the battle? He certainly could. Samson, he was one man against a thousand, and he destroyed them with the jawbone of a donkey. What about Jephthah? Jephthah was an unwanted, illegitimate son of a harlot. Would he ever amount to anything? He certainly did. What about David with that sling and that stone against a giant? You know, Mark 10, 27 says, And looking upon them saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. God can provide victory over any circumstance through his power and provision. Secondly, we see victory under Satan's cruel hand. Let's continue on in verse 35. It says, Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they may obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings, and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in the mountains, in the dens and the caves of the earth. Again, while some... Believers experience victory over the working of Satan in their life. Some were required to stay under the cruel hand of Satan where they experienced victory. Tortured, trials of cruel mocking, scourgings, suffering bonds and imprisonment, stoned, sawn asunder, tempted, slain with a sword, wandering in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted and tormented, wandering in deserts, mountains, dens, and caves. And these situations require no less faith. They experience no less victory. Well, Satan will try to snuff out a life of faith. He'll try to discourage anyone from exercising faith. We know that God will take a faithful man, a faithful woman, and use them no matter what the results of their life may be. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So for those who receive the victory of faith under the circumstances of life, God allows them to experience uh, two unique joys. One, they experience God's supernatural peace. 
Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Someone said, with peace in his soul, a man can face the most terrifying experiences. But without peace in his soul, he cannot manage even the simple task as writing a letter. 2 Corinthians 6, verses 4 through 10 says, But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience and afflictions and necessities and distresses and stripes and imprisonments and tumults and labors and watchings and fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness, on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful, not always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. It doesn't matter what life throws your way, you can be at peace with God on your side. Isaiah 26, 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. So peace is really all about focus. For instance, Jesus had sent the disciples out in a boat to cross the sea while he went to the mountain to pray, and while he crossed the sea, the terrible storm came, and the boat was in danger of sinking, but Jesus showed up on the scene walking on the water and Peter saw him and wanted to come out. And it tells us in Matthew 14, Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And he began beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, now notice what he said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. We can experience God's supernatural peace if we keep our focus on him. Secondly, we can experience God's substantial protection. Though it may not always be physical protection, salvation is the eternal protection of the soul. Therefore, it is eternal protection of an individual. Well, the devil will throw all he has to us physically. He'll try to get us all discouraged by our physical trials but he really can't harm us. We read in Ephesians 1.12 that we should be to the praise of his glory who trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Having trusted Christ for salvation, 
we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And we can, we can enjoy and realize the victory of God's substantial protection. So there's victory under Satan's crippling devices. There's victory under Satan's cruel hand. And thirdly, there's victory through Satan's continued advances, his continued advances. Look at verse 39. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Some of the heroes of Hebrews 11 were victorious over life's crippling devices, Satan's crippling devices, while others were victorious under life's cruelty, Satan's cruel hand. But for all of us, faith should never be a momentary agent employed only when we're overcoming evil or when we're under some cruelty. Real faith always looks to the future, for that is where the greatest rewards will be found. Notice an amazing statement made both at the beginning and the ending of this chapter, kind of in parallel positions. Back in the second verse, it says, For by it the elders obtained a good report. And that's, uh, that good report is really about, as we see in verse 39, then these all having obtained a good report. In other words, their faith wasn't bound to a particular situation as we've studied in this chapter, but it's extended before and after the event into all of their life. Satan will not attack you and then give up. He is typified by a continued effort to destroy your life. You may go through a trial or difficulty, and God brings you through, and you have victory, and you say, boy, I'm glad that's over. We'll get ready for the next one then, because Satan's going to keep coming at you. Faith will give us victory, even when Satan continues his advances against our lives. And notice two final experiences here for those who persevere by faith through continued advances. First of all, experience God's supernatural perseverance. I'm thankful for many truths, but here is a very profound one. In Malachi 3, in verse 6, it says, For I am the Lord, three other, three other words there, I change not. So for clear back when Malachi was writing, till today, as we're studying this, God hasn't changed. I change not. And we're familiar with Hebrews 13.8, where it says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because the Lord Jesus doesn't change, and since he endured... He can empower us to endure as well. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 and 3, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him 
endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Because we have a wonderful Savior, we have the Lord Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Don't be weary. Don't be faint in your minds. Experience God's supernatural perseverance. And then experience God's substantial promises. While the people mentioned here in Hebrews 11 didn't receive the promises, they had God's witness to their faith that one day they would be rewarded. They kept their eyes fixed on the prize ahead of them. Remember, God has made some amazing promises to us that are worthy of our living a life by faith. John 14 says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. That's God's substantial promise. And so, live by faith in God. Trust Him and press on, no matter what is standing against you. You can experience victory. Victory over Satan's crippling devices, victory under Satan's cruel hand, and victory through Satan's continued advances. And I trust that our study in Hebrews 11 has encouraged us to live by faith in the day in which we live now. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for your word. And thank you for these wonderful examples of faith. We thank you, Lord, that we have the promises that you've given to us through your word. Help us to daily put our faith in you, and even though the day gets tough and hard and maybe even painful, we just know that you will care for us, you will provide for us, and we thank you for that so much. Lord, bless these lessons to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.